Well, hey everyone, I'm Pastor Judd Wilhite, and I wanna thank you for joining us today. You know, Central's a place where it's okay to not be okay. And we are so glad that you're here. I hope you enjoy this message. Ah, you guys are killing me. Thank you. Please sit. Thank you guys. Love you guys a lot and so grateful for uh, the last 20 years. I am gonna do a normal message, is that okay? And I, they didn't give me as much time, so I gotta move on, all right? But I wanna talk to you, we're kicking off this teaching series called Chasing Happy, and just, I think it's something we're all chasing in our lives. We're gonna be looking at the book of Philippians, which is such a powerful book of joy and happiness. And I think when it comes to happiness, we always think it's like right around the corner. You know, I remember when I was little, I thought, man, if I could just get a car, then I would be happy. I'd have my own wheels, I'd be free, I could do whatever I want. And then I get a car and I think, well, if I could just get out of my parents' roof and get out on my own, then I would be happy. And then you get a little further, you think if I could just get the right job, the right career path, then I'll be happy. If I could just find the right girl or guy and be in a relationship, then I'll be happy. If I could just get married, then I'll be happy. If I could just have kids, then I'll be happy. If our kids would just do what I say, then I'll be happy. Then they grow up a little bit and you're like, if the kids would just leave and get out on their own, then I'll be happy, right? If the grandkids could just show up, then I'll be happy. And then we go all the way back to the beginning and we think, man, I wish things were like they used to be before I had a car. If we could just go back to being simple and then I would be, it's like always around the corner, right? Happiness. I think we all know that tension in our lives. And I wanna look with you over the next several weeks at what is probably the most popular book of the New Testament of the Bible and the most popular chapter. And I re the reason it is, is Philippians is known as the book of joy. And we live in a world filled with anxiety, division, mental health struggles, challenges for all of our advances, like the amount of people carrying unbelievable stress and pressure is, is enormous and it's all around us. And Philippians will give us some simple tools to help us find more joy and more happiness in God. Philippians chapter four. Oh, by the way, this is, my wife Lori did a study um, going verse by verse through the, Philipp the book of Philippians, and she called it Chasing Happy. Um, it's available in our resource area, but you grab this study, and it's got a code in it that gives you access to the six different video sessions that she did, where she teaches verse by verse through the entire book. Harper Collins published it. It's a great resource. All the, all the proceeds from that resource go back to the ministry of the church, so Grab a, grab a copy if you haven't already. You can go through it with a group of people in our central groups ministry. Go through it on your own, but it could be a great resource to help you kind of partner over these next several weeks. On the weekend, we're gonna look at Philippians chapter four. Kind of anchor in there. Philippians chapter four, beginning in verse four. This is what Paul says. Help me out when we get to the red word here. He says, always be full of what? Joy. Always be full of joy. Not always be full of rage, or always be full of frustration, or always be full of anger, or all of, always be full of you know, this self-righteous attitude. What does he say? You're supposed to always be full of joy. The, if you are a follower of Jesus, people should look at you and say, well, they're full of joy, I'll give them that. 
It's a command. Always be full of joy, but how? In the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. So we're commanded to have an attitude of joy. Now let me suggest to you, happiness, joy, happiness is found in the presence of God, not in the absence of problems. Happiness is found in the presence of God, not in the absence of problems. A lot of us think if we just didn't have problems, we'd be happy. Come on, somebody. If we just didn't have bills, we'd be happy. And we may definitely be happier. I'll give you that. If we just didn't have all the challenges, we'd be happy. But you know what I've, what I've seen over the years in my life is in a broken, fallen world, you never get to a situation where there aren't problems. And if you're waiting for a problem-free life, you'll be waiting until you die. But I want to suggest there is a joy and a happiness that we can experience that's found in the presence of God, even in the midst of problems and challenges in our life. The way to capture it, I'll give you two simple thoughts today. One is to go to the source of happiness. Go to the source of happiness. I don't know if you have a happy place, but if I was to ask you, like, what's your happy place? People have different answers. You know, some people might uh, refer to a vacation destination. That's my happy place. Some of you might say nature. I go to this spot in nature. It's my happy place. I get out to the lake or whatever. Somebody may even say Disneyland. I go to the happiest place on earth, which in my view is the longest line on earth, but whatever. Other people may, may you know, talk about a hobby they engage in or whatever. That's their happy place. But have you ever thought about this? God himself is the ultimate happy place. That he himself is a happy God. I know, I know that sounds a little sa sacrilegious, right? When you say it, you're like, hmm. First Timothy chapter one, verse 11, in the New Testament, and again in chapter 6, 15, Apostle Paul says something. I'm just gonna read it to you. He's in the context of a whole sentence, but let me just read you the last part of it. He says, the glorious good news entrusted to me by our what? Blessed God, by our blessed God. The word blessed is the word makarios in Greek. It could also be translated happy. Twice, Paul calls God the happy God. Now, I think sometimes when we think of happiness, we just think of this light, glib feeling. And I think when the Bible talks about the blessed God, it's talking about more than we think about when we think about happiness, but not less than we think about, right? It's richer, it's deeper, it's more meaningful, but it's not less. He's the self-sufficient God of the universe who created all things. He is the source of all the good things that we can experience in our life that can bring moments of joy and happiness. He is the source of all of it in our lives. In fact, when I think back over 20 years of ministry, there's a lot of hard things. Families who've gone through a lot of hard things, walking through the Great Recession, walking through the Vegas mass shooting, walking through COVID and the COVID years. There's a lot of hard things. But when I think back over 20 years, you know the word, no joke, the word that comes to my mind? Joy. Joy. It doesn't mean those problems aren't real. And the last 20 years were filled with problems. And it doesn't mean that there won't be problems to come. I expect the next will be filled with problems. But through it all, the presence of God can comfort and bring peace and even bring 
happiness, even though the problems are all still there. I wanna suggest to you that the church can actually be a happy place for you. It's certainly been a happy place for me over the last 20 years. It's where I've come in lonely moments, scared moments, frustrated moments, moments when I'm called to lead, but I don't know where we're supposed to go. But you know what I found? I found people in this church community all around me that love me just like a normal person, pray for me, encourage me. I try to encourage them, pray for them. And it's in that interaction you realize we need each other and we need God. Go to the source. Next time you get up and you gotta go to church and you're like, oh man, I got to go to church. And you're tired and you stayed up too late or you're gonna miss your favorite football team. I want you to remind yourself, no, 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 I get to go to church because it's my happy place because it's where I'm gonna enter with other people into the presence of the blessed, happy God and worship him and find joy in my own life. And here's the second thought of chasing happy. Go to the source. The second thought is to start to practice prayer in your life. Paul is gonna turn in chapter four and begin to give us some really practical things that can help us experience more of joy and happiness in our lives. And um, when it comes to happiness, 20 years of social science research could be boiled down in a simple chart I'm gonna show you. Um, a lot of research has been done on happiness. And what they found is, that about 50% of your happiness is due to what might be called your set point. Like we all have a genetic predisposition to a certain level of happiness. We all know this is true, even intuitively, right? Some people are more happy than others. Come on, you know who you are. Some people are like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. You know what I'm saying? They get up and it's like boing, 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 boing. It's a great day. Sun hasn't even come up yet. And some people are more like Eeyore. Remember Eeyore? Oh, it's gonna be a terrible day. <laughs> We're all different when it comes to that. And they say that's about 50% of, our, of what makes up our happiness. Interestingly, they say about 10% is what you might call life events. And what I think that's fascinating is most of us think that 100% of our happiness is based on life events. Life events or circumstances would be things like, man, if I just get married, then I'll be happy. If I just get the better job, then I'll be happy. If I just made more money, then I'll be happy. If I, and research does show if you made more money to a certain level, you might be happier. But once your basic needs are met, all that money doesn't necessarily buy you any more happiness. This is what the research shows. What they found in researching all of these people is that, man, people in every situation in life still found happiness and joy, so it's not just about your circumstances and your events, and they determine it's actually only about 10% of what makes up your happiness. <laughs> That's a mind trip. Sit with that. And they said 40% of your happiness is determined by what we might call intentional activity, habits of happiness, or I'm gonna call, looking at the book of Philippians, spiritual practices. Simple things you can do can influence almost half of your happiness. Some of you are gonna struggle more with depression than others. Some of you are gonna struggle more with anxiety than others. Some of you are more Tigger. Some of you are more Eeyore. Okay, and then those two usually meet each other and fall in love, and that's a whole other series for later, for all of us. 
But that's okay. We're all at different places. But what we're going to talk about over the next five weeks are some of these practices that can actually make a huge difference in your sense of happiness and joy. And Paul brings out the first one, Philippians chapter four, beginning in verse six. Look at what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, just a thought here. How many of you have heard this verse before? This is one of the most popular verses in the whole Bible. Some of you, you've seen it on Facebook. Some of you have it on your fridge right now. Let me let you in on something. Just because you know this verse doesn't mean you're gonna experience God's peace. Look at what it says. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. Just knowing it doesn't give you God's peace. You can have it memorized. Doesn't mean you're gonna have God's peace. You can have it on the fridge and on Facebook and in your car and on your watch and on your phone. Doesn't mean you're gonna have God's peace. What does Paul say? He says the way you get God's peace is you have to actually do two things. Pray rather than worry and give thanks for all God has done. Then he says, in the doing, the peace of God, you'll experience it. It exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's what I wanna challenge you with. This week, every time you begin to worry, see it as a cue to pray. I worry. We all worry, it comes into our lives. What do you do with it? You pray. So that fear, that stuff starts to seek it. You just, as soon as you can realize, oh my gosh, I'm stressed out, I'm worrying, just sometimes I just open my hand, you've heard me say this, I just open my hand, I just give it to God. God, I, I give that to you. And then I, I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in my life. Now here's what happens. A minute later, two minutes later, 10 minutes later, that, that worry comes right back into your life, right? You know, it's not like you pray and it goes away and you're like, that was cool, I'm so happy. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, right? Like a couple minutes later, 30 seconds later, all that worry and fear is right back in your gut, in your heart, right? And I think this is where the challenge is for us to habitually get in the mode. Every time we realize we're worrying, God, I just give this to you. I've had days where I literally, in my mind, not out loud, people, I don't want them thinking I'm crazy, but in my mind, I have said a hundred times, God, I just give it to you. God, I just give it to you. I give it to you. I thank you for, for the way you're working in my life. I give this to you. I thank you that even in this situation, God, I, just, I give this to you. I just give it to you. And what I believe is if we can get into a habit of doing that with our deepest fears and worries, we do start to feel the peace of God in our lives at a different level. It's in the doing more than the knowing that you experience God's peace in the midst of the problems. So this week, I wanna encourage you to remember the source of happiness isn't all the things and the circumstances in our life. The primary source of happiness is God himself. Happiness is found in the presence of God, not the absence of problems. And then begin to pray every time the worry comes and get in a habit. And I'm not saying all of a sudden everything's easy, all of a sudden, but I am saying if you will do it consistently, it will increase your sense of peace and prepare you long-term as you grow and move into the future. Somebody asked me this week, they said, what's your favorite story out of 20 years? Like the favorite thing that you've experienced at Central out of 20 years? And I couldn't answer it. You know, I'm like, that's an impossible question, y'all. 
Because there'd be like dozens, maybe over a hundred, you know, like amazing things that I've seen God do in people's lives. And this person said, tell me the first story then that's coming to your mind right now. And this is what I told them. And I don't know why it came into my mind, but it just did. I said, I remember my friend, Susan, years ago, she was getting baptized. And she got baptized, she went down the baptistry, just like we watched people do today. Um, it's actually the same baptistry, even though we've remodeled this entire auditorium and the slope of the floor, and we took it all down to dirt and added the back and the balcony and all that. Baptistry is still the same. So she's standing there, and, and she's very emotional, weeping. After the baptistry, I go back just to give her a high five and a hug, tell her I'm proud of her. And she says, Judd, do you know why I was so emotional? She said, it's a very big deal for me. So when I was a little girl, when I was five years old, my mom had some friends over, had a very abusive mom, grew up in a very abusive home. She said, I took my mom a picture that I had colored and my mom made fun of it in front of all of her friends. And so she said, I began to cry. And my mom looked at me and said, you're the ugliest person I have ever seen in my life when you cry. Don't ever cry in front of me again. She said, Judd, I've been beaten, I've been stabbed, I've been to prison, and she said, I've never allowed another person to see me cry since I was five years old. But she said, I went in the baptistry today and I let the tears flow and I let everybody see me cry and they were not tears of pain. They were tears of healing. That's the first story that came to my mind over 20 years because that's the most important thing in my, in my, that I believe that can happen in somebody's life, the healing and the transforming power of the love of God in Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today, maybe you've never crossed that line of faith. I'd love to give you that opportunity. In fact, if all of you would bow your heads and close your eyes, if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, you can begin that journey by repeating after me a simple prayer. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. And friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just make eye contact with me just to say before God and to say to me you're going to trust him and follow him in your life. Thank you, guys. God bless you guys. Thank you, brother. Let's reach out to him. Thank you. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we thank you for all of your love. I thank you for each person that's reaching out to you today. And I pray you touch their lives with your goodness, your love, your joy, your peace. God, fill them with who you are. And may we all experience more of your joy as we follow you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe and review this podcast and connect with us on social media by following at Central Online. You can also contribute to what God is doing through Central. You can simply visit centralchurch.online slash give and you can give a gift today. 
And thanks again for joining us on the Central Church Podcast.